Fortean. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and this week and we're talking about the Dukes of Hazard, which features a few things which used to be acceptable but now are kind of dicey, like the Confederate flag and Johnny Knoxville. Oh, I like Johnny Knoxville. I kind of like him despite himself, too. Confederate Do flag, you know? maybe not so much. I mean, I as much as I love the Jackass movies, because they're, they're, they're so stupid and they contribute to the idiocrasification, however you want to say it, of this yeah. country. But I still love them because they're just so damn funny. Agreed. I hate that I love them, but I do. Disagree. I hate that I love you. I Sissy, wish I don't make me hit you. I wish I could quit jackass. Oh, well, if you like jackasses, you'll find these jackasses, as well as several other jackasses, doing shows on the Geek Life Radio radio network. You'll find other shows besides us, including The History of Bad Ideas, The Anime Trap House, the Day One Patch Podcast, and of course, Geek Life Radio's own Rad Dad Radio Hour, the Smorgasbord. Rolling, 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 though them streams are swollen, keep them doggies rolling, rawhide. I'm not sure he understands what he's supposed to be doing at this point anymore. Yeah! And now you guys see what happens when he doesn't have anything to steal from me. Was that it? No. Oh. I, keep I, already, I already gave you something you can steal, and you're not even using it. This is the bit. New. This is the bit. New. So if you're looking for some more of this, we are on uh, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Blueberry Stitcher, TalkFu, 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 TalkFong, Podverse. We're all over the place. You can find us on uh, Blueberry. But I said that already. Radio. What's that? Pod damn it. Pod damn it. No, we're not on Pod damn it. Uh, but you can also give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Uh, if you'd like to give us a call, help out Joel's bit, give him something he can steal, go show ideas, whatever. We're easy. Yeah, no uh, no voicemails this week. It's no. been, a, been a desert of late. Call us up, you fuckers. That'll bring him in. Well, it has before. Oh, he brought one of them in. That's one more than we got now. <laughs> He's not wrong. Positive growth, positive growth. There you go. Okay. But yeah, so give us a call. Let us know. Call us and abuse us. 708-669-9727. And receive abuse in return. Some abuse, not all abuse. The guys, all will, right. be, the guys will be nice. I'll abuse you. Before Mike repeats the number again, I think it's about that time. <laughs> this week in music, movies, and TV and spurts. All right, so this week we are going for January 26, 1979. That is debut of the original Dukes of Hazard. I was five years old, almost. I was four, going on five. Anyway, it's a much different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how it take goes. it, Joel. Nope. The number one song in the land was My Life by Billy Joel, followed by YMCA, at its highest spot it achieved at number two. Which one's My Life? The theme song to Bosom Buddies. Oh! Okay. This is I always just sort of thought of it as... Well, yeah, it's the, the, the one that you sing at karaoke all the time. Or at least you no, have. No, that's uh, You May Be Right. You've done My Life. Have I? Mm-hmm. Oh, was it good? I don't well, know. Susie I don't there. remember. You, you've, you've told the story about you. You, you uh, Susie came out of the bathroom and you were singing "My Life" with the guys up on stage. 
No, well, you celebrate his entire catalog. <clears throat> yeah, I, I sing all. Because you said you said it was two, anyway. two two Billy Joel songs. You said it was you. Know, you may oh be yeah, right. that's right. It was no. Yeah. The first one you was you may be right, and the second one was my life. Yes. So what you're saying is Pat may be right. I may be crazy. <laughs> He's an uptown girl. I'm not going down this road with you people. Hey, I didn't start the fire. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so <clears throat> Grant Green was an American jazz guitarist and composer. Green performed at the Hard Bop. Nope. Let me start over. Green performed in the Hard Bop, Soul, Jazz, Bebop, and Latin tinge styles throughout his career. A music critic once said of him, Severely underrated during his lifetime, Grant Green is one of the great unsung heroes of jazz guitar. Green's playing is immediately recognizable, perhaps more than any other guitarist. His sound was described as lithe, loose, slightly bluesy, and righteously groovy. He often performed in an organ trio, a small group with an organ and a drummer. Green spent much of 1978 in the hospital and, against the advice of doctors, went back on the road to earn money. While in New York to play an engagement, he died in his car of a heart attack on January 31st. Since Green's death, his reputation has grown and many compilations of his music exist. Absorb. Hmm. Have you guys heard of Grant Green? No, but according to this, I'll recognize his music. <laughs> I've heard the name. I, I don't know that I could recall anything, but I the name does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not like huge into jazz. Like I'm more of a blues guy, so I don't think I would know him. And I've heard a lot of jazz because I've worked in some jazz bars, but I don't know him off the top of, you know, I I don't know the name off the top of my head. Maybe I've heard him, didn't even know it. Yeah, you couldn't whistle a tune, but you probably recognize something. Yep. This is my life. That wasn't one of his. That was one <laughs> That's of not one of Billy Joel's either. <clears throat> it's not? Not the way I remember it. No. All right. So moving on. Simon John Ritchie, known professionally as Sid Vicious, was an English musician and bassist for the Sex Pistols. Due to his heroin addiction, Vicious was hospitalized with hepatitis during the recording of the Sex Pistols' only studio album, Never Mind the Bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Wait. There's more to the you, title? You, you seriously don't even know the title of the Sex Pistols' only album? Well, it always just says Never, Never Mind, Mind the Bollocks. The Bollocks. Here's, Here's the Sex Pistols. The yeah. Sex Pistols. All right. Aren't you the music guy? Yeah, didn't you work at a, in a record store? Yeah, but I always it's just always referred to as Never Mind the Bollocks. Very rarely does people say, here's the Sex Pistols. They just say, Never Mind the Bollocks. That's the album title. Well, how, which album is it then? It could be Never Mind the Bollocks. Here's Mel Torme. I'd listen to that. Maybe I would actually would, too. <laughs> I think I would, too. So as the Sex Pistols were gaining attention, Vicious met Nancy Spungen, and the couple began a relationship that culminated in Spungen's death from an apparent stab wound while staying in New York City's Hotel Chelsea with Vicious. Under suspicion of murder, Vicious was released on bail. He was arrested again for assaulting Todd Smith, brother of Patty Smith, at a nightclub, and underwent drug rehabilitation on Rikers Island. He died February 2nd after overdosing on heroin. In 2006, Vicious, along with the four original members of the Sex Pistols, were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, although the band refused to attend. Not surprising. Hmm. Never mind the bollocks, that bullet point is over. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer were an English progressive rock supergroup formed in London in April 1970. After a successful career, the band officially disbanded on January 29th. So there's that term supergroup again. Yeah. And have to thank Emerson, Lake, and Palmer for... I don't know if I would consider Emerson, Lake, and Palmer a supergroup, though. I mean, uh, honestly, the only song I can think of theirs is Lakeshore Drive. Lucky man. 
Oh yeah, see? No. No. I did not know yeah. that was them. Yeah, I thought that was Super Tramp. I I don't know that <laughs> if, if what I know you from is your supergroup and otherwise I barely know you. Yeah, I'm not sure I would put them in supergroup category. Exactly. I probably should have deleted that word when I cut it, cut and paste it, but oh well. Yeah, it, it comes up periodically. <clears throat> Seems to come up a lot lately, so I don't know. Yeah. And I and, like frog rock. Like that's that's one of my genres. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I kept that bullet point in there for you. Yeah. And finally, the Grover Cle- Cleveland Elementary School shooting took place on January 29th in San Diego. The principal and a custodian were killed. Eight children and a police officer were injured. A 16-year-old girl, Brenda Spencer, who lived in a house across the street from the school, was convicted of the shootings. A reporter reached Spencer by phone while she was still in the house after the shooting and asked her why she had done it. She reportedly answered, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. That quote inspired Bob Geldof and Johnny Fingers to write the Boomtown Rat song, I Don't Like Mondays. Yikes. Yeah, I like the That's Boomtown Rat. really Rats. dark. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's there's been more than once where like I've been working at a coffee shop or working wherever and it comes on the radio and one person will be like, oh, yeah, don't, you know, and they're thinking like, it's just like, I hate, I hate the work week song. And I was like, hey, you know what realize. this song's about? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a school it's shooting that dark. took place in 1979. Yeah, wild. All right. Moving on to movies. The number one movie in the land was Superman, starring Christopher Reeves, Marlon Brando, Margot Kidder. Gene Hackman, and Terrence Stamp, among others. But no Richard Pryor, not yet. <laughs> I, are yeah, you, that's not... You sent yeah, I, this was the only good Superman, I think. Yeah, two, two was okay. Two was, was okay. okay. Quest for Peas? Quest for Peas? Quest for Peas. <laughs> Quest for Peas. Quest yeah. for peas. <laughs> Hello, I'm Superman. Do you have any peas? I don't know In why fact, I'm like a carnival barker. I would say... To find carrots. <laughs> I would say Superman 2 is an okay movie. But this Superman, this first one, might be the only good Superman movie ever made. I I liked the the Brandon Sooth or South or whatever. Oh, God, that was horrid. I mean, it wasn't Batman versus Superman bad, but it was bad. It would have been it would have been a much better movie if Kate Bosworth had been replaced. But I didn't think it was bad on, you know, I thought she was the worst part of it. I think I'm with Josh on this one. I I really liked the uh, plane in the in the baseball field scene, the opening scene. Okay. Yeah, that was all right. That was all right. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm with Josh. If somebody says Superman, the first person that pops in my head, a hundred percent is Christopher Reeves. And there are so many good Superman stories to tell. Although most of them are alternate continuities like red sun or I would love, I was just thinking that I would love to see somebody do red sun. What about George Reeves, Superman? I would like, I could comment, but I haven't seen any of them. Oh, yeah, they're from the 50s. They're okay. Yeah, they're not... They don't look like what clips I've seen of them. They don't look very good. No, he, was on, he was on I Love Lucy. Oh, can't be all bad then. He was yeah. on I Love Lucy. Yeah. Can't, can't, I can't argue with that. All right. Uh, Jody Gilbert was an actress who studied voice and acting at Columbia University. One of her first notable roles was in the W.C. Fields film Never Give a Sucker an Even Break. She was playing a quick-witted diner waitress who had a verbal duel with Fields. She appeared in over 100 movies, radio and television shows, often in supporting roles as a sizable but confident woman. Gilbert died from complications from an auto accident on February 3rd. Yikes. That's not, that's, a, that's a strange way to say that. Right? Yeah, I couldn't find any details on it. That was the only sentence I found about it. 
complications from an auto accident. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird way to say it. I mean, maybe it was much later after the auto yeah, accident. That, that's the way I that's that's the way I interpret it. It's like she got yeah. an auto accident and like a month later died from infection from it or something. Yeah, okay. they, or they back then that you know they maybe she had like a brain hemorrhage or something. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then, why wouldn't you like? I don't know. It's just a weird way to say it. It is a weird way to say it. I mean, but I mean, that, it is kind of like like complications from pneumonia. You know, yeah, the the pneumonia, the auto accident. They might that might not be the thing that killed you, but the thing that killed you wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that first thing. That's her. She had terminal whiplash. Is that a thing? I don't know. No, just something not. that happens in an auto accident a lot. Either terminal I whiplash, I think, is just called a, a broken neck. Maybe she had a banana in the tailpipe. I don't know. She could be okay. called with a banana in the tailpipe. Take it, Josh. Born on January 27th, Rosamund Mary Ellen Pike is a British actress. Her accolades include a Golden Globe Award, a Primetime Emmy Award, and an Academy Award nomination. She received international recognition for her film debut as Bond girl Miranda Frost in Die Another Day, for which she received the Empire Award for Best Newcomer. Pike had film appearances in Doom, Fracture, Pride and Prejudice, The World's End, Wrath of the Titans, Jack Reacher, and An Education. In 2014, her performance in the psychological thriller Gone Girl was met with widespread critical acclaim, winning the Saturn Award for Best Actress and receiving a nomination for the Academy Award, also for Best Actress. Good for her. Yeah, Wrath of the Titans. That's the one we went to go see, Pat. Yep. Now, remember, she was she was the princess who couldn't get dirty. Yeah, well, she could get dirty, but she could get clean real fast. Real <laughs> In a long way from Doom. Because we both noticed it at the same time. There was a big battle scene, and she gets covered in blood or whatever. And then, like five five seconds later, there's a new scene where she's like, you know, she's just perfectly clean. It was like it was like Ghostbusters when everybody but uh, Bill Murray is covered in marshmallow, and and like, but then she would go back. Yeah, we're we're both like, where is she taking all these baths? Why is she clean again? Now she's dirty again. Maybe she had yeah, a hypercolor well, toga on or something. Yeah, like, but the one other person in the theater is like, would you guys shut up? <laughs> I'm trying to watch The Wrath of the Titans. All right. So TV top shows in the land were 60 Minutes, Three's Company, That's Incredible, Alice, and MASH. It's no Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> I miss That's Incredible. Oh, that was that a great show. Skip Henderson. John Davidson. No, but there was also there was there were three hosts. It was uh, Skip. There was a woman and John Davison, and then Skip something. <sighs> I don't know. I remember I always had like there is a guy who can catch an arrow out of the air with his bare hand. There's a man who can stop a ceiling fan with his tongue. And <laughs> like, all right, I'm I'm in. I want to see that. <laughs> Just... We we can stop a ceiling fan with a tie. <laughs> we or almost get killed. <laughs> uh, Kathy Crosby. Crosby. John Davidson, Fran Tarkenton. That's who you're thinking oh, of. Who, oh. what, I, what show am I thinking of? Then I had to get, uh, whatever. Fran Tarkenton. I forgot about that dude. See, I liked That's Incredible, but to me it was the slightly lesser version of like Ripley's Believe It or Not, which I was super into. Yeah, I liked Ripley's better. We got to do a Ripley's show because it's been redone. I think Brendan Frakes did it for a little while. Um, Dean Kane did it for a while. Yeah, Dean Kane did it for a while. Uh, yeah, I no, that, for a while. That, yeah, I mean that kind of like that's incredible. Ripley's Believe It or Not show show would be pretty cool. All right, so the thirty sixth Golden Globe Awards were held on January twenty seventh. Winners included 
Midnight Express, Warren Beatty, Diane Cannon, Jane Fonda, and John Voight both won for Coming Home. Jane Fonda and John Voight. Well, I'm sure they got along well. <laughs> it's wild because I think that the Golden Globes, like unless there's a particular presenter who's super entertaining, they it feels to me less like an award show and more like a trivia point. Well, good for us then. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, I, I can't remember going out of my way to, oh, gotta watch the Golden Globes, but like, I, I'm interested in if a movie got a Golden Globe in addition to an Oscar or something. Yeah, I've never been, like you said, I've never been like, oh, Golden Globes are on tonight. It's been like, oh, the Golden Globes are on last night? Who won? Yeah. Yeah. Who was up? Or the Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> 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 All right, so Tatiana Marisol Ali. Born January 24th as an American actress and singer best known for her role as Ashley Banks on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. She was also on Love That Girl and the acronym of the week, which is T-Y-A-T-R. I'm pretty sure that's uh, Tina Yothers at the rave. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Weird poll. Gotta love a good Tina Yothers <laughs> reference. I, I was hoping that one would go over. I was like, this is either <laughs> going to be dynamite or it's going to fall flat. I just see her like out there spinning the glow sticks and then like every like, hang on. All right. All right. I can go again. All right. She got a pacifier in her mouth. Go Yathers. Go Yathers. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Unfortunately, that was not it. Patrick, what was that? The Young and the Restless. Oh, uh, I'd rather watch Teeny Yellers at the rave. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> if they could get the whole Keaton family together for a rave. Oh, <clears throat> no, you don't want Michael J. Fox or on any strobe lights. Oh, <laughs> I you saw never... that one. It was like a slow motion car crash. It just would be so good. They're like, damn, this guy can dance. <laughs> he bit his tongue off. No. Nope. Oh, All right. Man. April Ann McIntosh, born January 29th, is an American actress and model known professionally as April Scott. I don't know why I said it that way, but she has appeared on television programs such as CSI Miami and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, as well as films such as I Do, I Did, The Penthouse, Living Will, and Dukes of Hazard: The Beginning. Womp womp where she played Daisy Duke. She's currently the host of the TV show Model Turned Superstar and Dragonborn Gaming on YouTube. I don't know what that is. Me either. Uh, you know, the Dukes of Hazzard the beginning. Uncle Jesse, uh, Willie Nelson, came back. I think he was the only one. Well, he had all those text things he had to pay off. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't know. I think he was just high and didn't realize it was another movie. <laughs> <laughs> didn't I do this? No. <laughs> He's like, we're still filming this? <laughs> <laughs> How long of a nap did I take? <laughs> You guys look younger. <laughs> All right, moving on to sports. First ballot MLB Hall of Famer Rod Carew was a perennial all-star for the Minnesota Twins. In 1979, allegedly frustrated by the Twins' inability to keep young talent, the racist comments by owner Calvin Griffith and the Twins' overall penny-pinching, Carew announced his desire for a trade. On February 3rd, Carew was traded to the Angels for four players of no note. When I saw that bullet point, I thought it said first ballet at first. I was like, first ballet, MLB Hall of Famer, Rod You're Carew. right. That is, that is actually misspelled. Yeah. There you like, go. There we go. 
Yeah. I thought it was weird that he was, you know, I mean, I, they talk about sports people doing what I had ballet. going on in my head was not nearly as interesting as this is now. Yeah. First, first ballot basically means the, the very first time you're up for a vote to whether or not you get into the hall of fame, you're, you're elected, which means you're one of the top tier guys. Oh. There's no, there's no doubt you're supposed to be in there, you know, that kind of thing. Because you could be up for like five years, I think is what it is, five different years. And if you don't make it by the fifth year, you don't get back in. You don't get a chance. Wow. You're imagining Michael J. Fox at a rave? With Tina Yothers. Her running out of breath and him breakdancing, I guess. He's doing the worm. (laughs) (laughs) Does Parkinson's, okay, just to clarify, does Parkinson's cause you to have, I mean, you get twitches, but it doesn't cause you to have photosensitive seizures. Am I right on that? Yeah, you're right. That's epilepsy. Epilepsy. Okay. Yeah, Parkinson's is uh, neurological. Okay. And yeah, epilepsy is like visual. I'm just. Well, I mean, screw it. We're still, still sticking with the joke, but. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Daniel Luca Vittori was born January 27th. He is a New Zealand cricket coach and former cricketer who played for New Zealand cricket teams in all formats, and currently is the spin bowling coach of the Bangladesh national cricket team. He was the captain of New Zealand between 2007 and 2011. And the eighth player in Test history to take 300 wickets and score 3,000 runs. He is the youngest player to have represented New Zealand in Test cricket, having made his debut at the age of 18. And he is New Zealand's most capped Test cricketer with 112 caps, and New Zealand's most capped one-day cricketer with 284 caps. Vittori was a bowling all-rounder who bowled slow left-arm orthodox spin. He was known for his accuracy, flight, and guile rather than prodigious turn, and also his speed variation. Vittori announced his retirement from all forms of cricket following the 2015 Cricket World Cup. And why wouldn't he with what the events of the 2015 Cricket World Cup? I know, right? It was shocking. I'm amazed more people didn't, especially slow left-arm orthodox spinners. <laughs> oh, you just wait. <laughs> this, just... this bullet point is even, even more funner, even though it's uh, smaller. A moderately talented professional cricketer, James Wallace Burke, died February 20, February 2nd. He was an Australian cricketer who played in 24 test matches from 1951 to 59. This is the sentence. You ready for this? <laughs> Burke holds the record for the most innings in a complete career without scoring a duck with 44. <laughs> okay. How? What? What is it? The duck? rest of the world, they're fucking with us. There is no way. They're, it's, like they, it's like they got a thesaurus. And... <laughs> Just pulling words out. Like I think, I think one of our listeners found the site that I used to get most of my facts for, and they just start adding random things in them for. Yeah, th- let's get him with this one. If if there is a listener out there doing that, contact me, and I will I will send you something. I don't even know what. I will reward you somehow. He'll get a Greatest American Hero DVD signed by all four of us. Yep. Didn't they try to give that away once before. Yeah. Yep. Nobody yeah. wanted it. I still have it in a box, so we can give it away at any point. Maybe you should offer Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Wrath of the Titans fan is becoming a guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. And lastly, we have another uh, bonus miscellaneous because when, when I read this fact, it was just way too interesting to not include. These are fun. January 25th was a bad day for Robert Williams, an American factory worker. While working at the Ford Motor Company Flat Rock Casting Plant, Williams was killed by an industrial robot arm on January 25th, thus becoming the first known to be killed by a robot. It begins. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. There's a list item I'll never achieve. <laughs> Being killed by a robot? 
<laughs> to well, be first, the first person killed by a robot. Yes. Oh. First, first you have to invent a time machine. Then, oh, oh. and then you got to be like Robert. Watch out! Oh, <laughs> did you see that guy? He dove right inside in front of that robot. Mm, Save my life. <laughs> oh, do you want? Do you want to know what happened to the dude? It's actually kind of yeah. I, yeah, I think so, I do. Yes, this please. was this was this was a giant plant it was made for like moving huge engines and stuff like that you know for like you know just industrial work and stuff so mm. it was full it was it was the first fully automated whatever and they had they had some machines they had like three racks of these engines that would you know that and these robots would go in and just grab them and pull them off the, the racks and move them to where they needed to go well one of the robots was not responding very well so he went up there to figure out what was going on it was like reporting erroneous inventory and not acting fast enough and all this kind of stuff. So he went up there to check it out. And while he was inside the shelf looking like he, oh. the, ar- the arm decided to come in and try and grab an engine. And he got caught in between the arm and the engine. And just, oh, ouch. <laughs> Shortly after this, they invented the deadlock button. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should shut that off before we go in there. Yeah. Yeah, his family ended up getting $10 million because of the, they realized, like, hey, this was not, you know, anywhere near safe enough. Jeez, $10 million in 79, too. Right? right? Holy mm-hmm. crap. They could buy, wow. like, four robots. <laughs> Shut up. How, how many times could you see Wrath of the Titans with $10 million? Well, it depends on the year you go. You could just buy the stupid DVD and be done with it. Now, now he's turning into Fry's dad, Enos. <laughs> All right, I'm. I'm actually yeah. once again. I'm curious on this. Ten million. What's oh, it worth now? Doing a conversion. Jesus, thirty-six million dollars today. That's more than I make in a year. It's more than you make in your life, dude. And that's um. Yeah. Then we're starting with the ten on that one. Right. <laughs> Hold on. I'm. I'm looking up another thing here to add to this. Oh God. Is he? He's looking up how many? How many movie tickets? How much? Well, you can. You can. Buy well, that's that's not. Well, that's you gotta look right. up. You gotta look up the 2015 movie prices because that was when Wrath of the Titans came out. Mm-hmm. Well, I was looking to see how much it was to buy it. Uh, well, just say ten dollars, so you can get a million copies. Yeah, you could build a bridge with that. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Or if you buy it in the Walmart discount bin, you can get ten twenty million copies. Wrath of the Titans. Yeah, eight ninety five for the Blu Ray on Amazon. Two ninety nine new from uh, some people so you could buy a fuck ton of them well assuming they have two million of them to sell you you could probably just buy the fucking movie like the original <laughs> just the print. yeah the you could probably the original print yeah just just buy it off of the, the movie studio they're like yeah you could have it that movie was a stinker we're done we'll, we'll throw on clash for free <laughs> can have them both no more titans remember the titans we're keeping all right well let's get out of here play us off keyboard joel Duck. All right. So back in 1979, nobody realized that they would love jumping cars and crashing cars as much as they did. We didn't didn't start Audacity. I was going to type it in the chat because I I started it, but I wasn't sure if anybody started it. I didn't start it. Yeah, I didn't either. Uh, uh, All right. right. Let me delete what I got. (laughs) All right. We're going to start Audacity in five, four, three, two, one. Why do the lights keep going on and off? <clears throat> okay. 
Now yeah. Chewie's running because he's wondering why I'm clapping. <laughs> That's why I stopped doing this in the first place. Because he, the first time we did the stupid clapping thing, he was trapped outside the uh, the room where I podcast, and he freaked out so much hearing me clap that he was like shaking outside the door. Daddy Aww. needs me. He's in trouble. He wouldn't clap otherwise. All right. <clears throat> Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, so back in 1979, the world discovered that they really enjoy car crashes and car jumping a lot more than they wanted to say. Uh, Dukes of Hazard was released, came out, and uh, quick synopsis. Cousins Bo and Luke Duke in the car that General Lee, assisted by Cousin Daisy and Uncle Jesse, have been running battle with the authorities of Hazard County, Boss Hogg and Sheriff Coltrane, plus a string of ne'er-do-wells often backed by the scheming hog. So, Moonshine Runners, but they never really leaned into the whole Moonshine thing too much. Former um, Moonshine Runners. In former the Moonshine, show. yeah, they're on... They're on uh, probation or whatever. Probation. Jesse gave it up so that they wouldn't go to jail. Yes. And um, so, bring, coming into this, I went into a weird, weird rabbit hole on this one, Joel. Like, just digging into it. Mainly <clears throat> because... I had no idea that my wife was such a Dukes of Hazard fan. What? Huh. I I started watching it and started jumping around and she's like, "Oh yeah, this is the season where uh this is the episodes when uh Luke and Bo weren't there anymore and they had their other cousins come up." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Yeah. Yeah, there was like they they were on the show for a while." Looking into it, yes, there was a stretch of time, 18 shows where they had scabs stand in for Bo and Luke Duke as their cousins because um, the two of them decided that after the first season, they were like, Hey, look at all that stuff you're selling with our faces on it. We want more money. Um, and then when I watched this goes to the second half of the show, but when I watched the, the movie, she was like getting insulted about how they were portraying Cletus and how they were like, this makes no sense. Having him as boss hog. I don't appreciate that at all. I'm like, I did not realize that she was this much into it. And then after watching it with me for a while, she's like, you know, I think I like cars. Cause I remember watching this and then watching Knight Rider. And I'm like, all right, I'll buy it. I'm like, I don't know where to take any of this information after 25 years, but right here we are. <laughs> I mean, she was like, like I, would, I would put on a show and she's like, Oh yeah, this is the one where blah, 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 and blah. I'm like, how do you know this? This is, yeah, that's so, odd. Yeah, not what I was expecting at all. I've learned something about Suzanne that I... You and me both, brother. But... We just got the information a lot earlier than you did, I guess. Well, yeah. So this was actually based off a movie. This is where I went, huh? Because when I saw mm-hmm. some notes, I pulled up the IMDb page, and I'm a little, like, flummoxed by it. I know. A 1975 film called Moon Runners, created by Jio... Guy Guy Waldron, uh, along with ex Moonshiner Jerry Rushing. Uh, here is the IMDb on here. Grady and Bobby Lee run Moonshine for Uncle Uncle Jesse, who prides himself in his old school moonshining methods, and refuses to buckle into the big business moonshine of Jake, who controls these parts for New York mobsters. Starring James Mitchum. Yep, Robert's kid. <clears throat> Robert's kid. And if you look at the, if you had seen. The cover of this movie, the poster for this movie in passing, you'd be like, oh, my God, they made a Dukes of Hazard movie in the 70s. But um, but yeah, that's I'm, what this is based off of, really. I'm kind of wishing we would have watched this versus the movie. 
But then it wouldn't have made as much sense. Eh, kind of, but either way. Um, it, it also would have not, not been a now. That's true. So uh, essentially this, you know, was a comedy. It was a lot cruder than the show was. Uh, this uh, Dukes of Hazard had tons of guest stars that showed up on the uh, on the run of seven seasons, including such people as Clancy Brown back in the early 80s, Jonathan Frakes, uh, Waylon Jennings eventually showed up, Loretta Lynn also was in there, John Matuzic, Richard Mull, Roy Orbison, Johnny Paycheck, and more. Gerald, Gerald McRaney. McRaney? Yeah. 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 I thought Waylon and- Jennings was the... Uh- was the narrator? Yeah, he was, so, but he oh, eventually okay. showed up on. He eventually showed up on the on the in show in person. In person, yeah. Okay, that was what was throwing me. <clears throat> Janie Fricky, you've got Dean Dick Sargent on here. Speaking of our Bewitched show, we did a while yeah. back. Yeah, there's a wow. There's a it, huge it doesn't list. even. It doesn't even. It doesn't even have like uh, what's your face, Roz Kelly, who played Pinky Tuscadero. She was in this. Like I said, Muse Small, she was in this. Or Lil' Well, she might have been in there. These are, I think these are all people that are only on there once. Where's Lil' Cousin? I think they were only on there once, too. Well, I don't know. I, don't I, know. Guess, I'll ha- I'll, I guess I'll have to check with my wife and see. Oh, there she is, Roz <laughs> Kelly. There she oh, is okay. first page. Ernie Hudson. Yep. Oh, wow. That's funny. Yeah. MC Ganey. Because uh, he's, he's in the now. I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of people lined up to be on this show. And they also had a... Also had a moment of the in season two where they had the speed trap performer of the week type of thing where <clears throat> when they didn't when they didn't have enough plot on the Dukes of Hazard to fill a whole 30 minute slot, they would get a performer to be on the show. And the whole thing was Boss Hog would find out that they were coming through Hazard County to go to their concert, drop all the speed limits all over the place, pull them over and then be like, Oh, if you do a performance, we'll get rid of this ticket for you. And they go to the, um, the horse bar, uh, the horse bar, the boar's nest, the boar's, <laughs> boar, the uh, horse bar, horse bar, the boar's nest. And they would do performance at the end of the show. So that was, hmm. uh, that was a, the, the thing, the other thing they had going on. So, uh, this stars in order of episodes, uh, Catherine Bach is Daisy Duke. <laughs> Jennifer Pyle, Jesus, wow. Jennifer Jennifer Pyle, Jennifer Piles. I had Jennifer Piles once. Doctor gave me a shot and went away. Uh, Denver Pyle as Uncle Jesse. Sorrel Book as Boss Hog. Waylon Jennings as the Balladeer. Cooter is Ben Jones. James Best is Sheriff Roscoe Coltrane. Tom Wopat as Luke Duke and John Schneider as Bo Duke. Uh, Going from... Like Daisy Duke's 146 episodes, there's that chunk missing because they walked for that amount of time. Also, Sonny Schroyer as Enos, Rick Hurst as Cletus, and Byron Cherry as Coy Duke, and Christopher Mayer as Vance Duke for 19 episodes apiece. Those fake shimps. So. so what that means is there's an episode where all four of the Duke boys were in the episode together. Because, yes, yeah, but... Because- I don't know if I I don't know if I put this. There's a lot of wackadoodle uh, trivia on this one, but if it's uh, if it's ahead, they they were in the same show, but the Coy and Vance Duke were gone before the first commercial break. <laughs> Coy and Vance went back to their home planet. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> My home planet needs me. <laughs> 
Yeah, they were gone before the first the the first commercial break on that show, and then Duke and Bo took over, took over after that, and they had to go uh, assist uh, a sick relative. Is what my, they went with. My name's Vance Duke, and I rock the telly. <laughs> Um, so here we go. A lot of cars, believe it or not, were crashed during production. Uh, replacing the police cars was easy, but the General Lee was much harder because Dodge stopped making the Charger. Got to the point that if producers saw a Charger on the street, they would approach the owner and offer to buy it on the spot. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yeah, because you could see in a couple episodes that, that they totaled that thing on jumps. Like when they <laughs> land, you could see the front just crumple. <laughs> Well, I'm sure the production of this show made that car more rare just in general by reducing the supply. Oh, 100%. And and here's some more weirdness on this one. Um, I watched, in going down this rabbit hole, I watched a video of the top 10 questions asked to John Schneider about the Dukes of Hazzard. You did go down a rabbit hole. I Man, did I go down a rabbit hole. They asked him about jumping the General Lee. And to his estimate, the thing is they... He says, "All outside of two times, there's only twice that they remember. He remembers them being able to drive the General Lee off the spot where it landed, and every other time they had to tow it. So every you got ninety nine point nine percent that they destroyed that car when it hit the ground. Well, that's um, that's why when you go to see like a stuntman <clears throat> do a some kind of jump over buses, whatever, there's another ramp on the other end for him to land on because." Going from a ramp to the flat ground is a recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And according to his, they, you know, he did the math in his head type of thing. And to his guess, they probably totaled over 290 cars just jumping Jeez. generally. Now, here's another question for you. How old was uh, John Schneider the first time that he jumped to General Lee? Now, I'll insert, put this in there, that he started shooting the show when he was 18 years old. Wow. <clears throat> so, 17? <laughs> Joel, you got a guess? The first time he jumped it? The first time he drove and jumped the General Lee. Oh, isn't... I mean, they did it in the pilot episode. So... he he okay? He so never... I, was, yeah, I think... Oh, oh shit. Sorry. Was, no, that's thinking, fine. Well, I got sorry, I spoiled it, but he never jumped it in the show. They didn't want to risk John Schneider getting hurt body oh. rocking this charger. Yeah, it, that makes a ton of sense because every time they jumped, I kept thinking about how like how many stuntmen have broken their backs. Oh yeah. Literally jumping a car like that. Now, and I first... would not have gotten the guess, but I was going to guess the first time was after his pay dispute when he came back. They're like, <laughs> we'll risk the fucker now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he was fifty eight. 58, the first time he uh, First he time it. he jumped it, and that was in a movie called Christmas Cars. Well, where, you know, it's good he waited for a quality. Well, that was the thing. It's, it's just like Josh said, you know, they weren't going to risk, you know, having one of the Duke boys get racked landing this thing. So it wasn't until then. And then in, they, in the video, I, I saw him jumping it, and it, he's like, you see the shock on his face when he hits the ground. He's like, damn, you know, like that hurt. <laughs> you can tell that he was like, like something was going to hurt the next morning after after he did that. At 58, everything was going to hurt the next morning. Whatever I know, right? Yeah. He didn't want to turn into Dick York. So also, Waylon Jennings provided the voice of the balladeer, the off-screen narrator in each episode, and also sang the theme song, Good Old Boys, which became a hit record in 1981. Uh, In the single version, there's an additional lyric at the end of the song, 
You know my mama loves me, but she don't understand. They keep a show in my hands and not my face on TV. This refers to the fact that it is indeed Waylon Jennings' hands playing the guitar in the opening credits while his face is not shown. So apparently yeah. Waylon Jennings' mother watched the show regularly, waiting to see Waylon Jennings' face, and it never showed up. So she apparently was bitching at him. Why don't I ever show your face? So he added it to the, uh, to the song. And uh, se- uh, season seven, Waylon Jennings finally made a guest star appearance as himself in the episode Welcome Waylon Jennings. That, and, the narration for that one must have been weird. <laughs> this guy then, looks just like me. And no. they only showed his face and not his hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you they get, show you, him, you, it's just a zoom and close on his face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could get away with that because of the fact that they never showed his face in the intro. Yeah. Or as the narrator. Well, that explains why he was like, Hi, I'm Waylon Jennings on the episode. <laughs> didn't want to confuse anybody, you know. <laughs> All right, on the CMT special Inside the Dukes, Catherine Bach uh, said that she offered to walk out of the show with Tom Wopat and John Schneider over the pay dispute. And uh, they actually convinced her and Uncle Jesse to stay, stating that if all of us leave, they may just cancel the show. So well, she was an anchor. She, she, her and Uncle Jesse were the anchor to make sure that the show kept going. And then when they came back, everybody got perks for her. Their faces on, I can't even, I mean, it was, they were sold millions of dollars of product. Well, nobody want to watch the Boss Hog Show. <laughs> um, according to Catherine Bach in interviews on E, 1996 Hollywood Story, her Daisy Duke shorts almost didn't make it onto the show. Uh, network executives saw her wearing the shorts. They had a conniption and told the producers they couldn't wear them. There was a little bit of fight back and forth. And then finally they said, you can wear them on one condition. You got to wear pantyhose underneath them just so we don't have a little, how's your father accident. Uh, instead of diverting attention from her outfit, as they executives had hoped, the pantyhose highlighted her long legs and made her a seventies TV sex symbol. That tracks. Yeah. Way to fix the problem, boys. Right. But uh, no, I mean, I I went down ridiculous. Like, uh, so Boss Hog, the guy who played Boss Hog, um, I just lost his name. Sorrel uh, Brook. Sorrel Brook. Book, apparently had to wear a fat suit because he wasn't that fat. And he speaks seven different languages. At one point, um, uh, James Best was on stage with him at one at the one of the, Bur- the Burbank studios is where they shot it. And um they had Japanese investors coming through to see the show being made. And apparently he walked up to him and started talking to him. And James Best didn't know that he spoke Japanese and he thought he was just screwing with him. And he was like, dude, what are you doing? Get away. You know, and then discovered that he speaks seven different languages. James Best on his off time when he wasn't on camera was a watercolor painter. So he would sit off to the side and do watercolor paintings of wherever they were doing the show. Um, what was the other thing I found out? Oh, oh because pictures had the General Lee in it. Yeah, they're all watercolors that generally jumping over. Uh, the other thing was that when people are they're driving in the cars, because they had such dry uh, summers out there, <clears throat> they would spray down the grass and stuff around the General Lee. It looked like it was green and verdant and all that, kind of like Georgia looking, but they were mm-hmm. shooting in California in the in this dry grass. So they sprayed it with green flame retardant paint to make it look like it was green. Wow. I mean, yeah, all sorts of weirdness I went down on this one. 
but it was I, I mean, enjoyable. I'm glad you went down the rabbit hole because it's interesting. I mean, it's all interesting stuff. That's yeah. wild trivia. Like, how do we make California look like Georgia? Paint the grass green. Well, and they had to paint it flame retard. It was specifically flame retardant paint because if they were driving the car through the grass, the the fear was, as we know, because California has been on fire for the last 20 years, they could start a fire just from the heat of the engines underneath the uh, carriage. Your catalytic converter gets so hot that if you park it on grass after a long drive, yeah, you can definitely start You can fire. set stuff off. And then what Pat was saying about the cars, uh, the chargers, how eventually they would run out of them. Eventually, they started Frankensteining cars. So they would, they instead of getting a 69 charger, they would get a 68 or they get a whatever year they could. And they would cut parts off of the old, of the 69 ones and weld them on to the other ones so it looked like the right year. So sometimes you can see that kind of weirdness going. And because of the budget of wrecking the car so much, there was a point in time where stunts were done with miniature cars with like remote control uh, uh, general lease. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and you, yeah. And you can tell it. Like I started jumping through, like there's a, on YouTube, there's a collection of general lead jumping things type of thing. And you're like, that's a car. That's a car. That's a matchbox car. You know, it's like, you can definitely tell. And apparently both Bo and Luke were like, this is ridiculous. You know, they, they thought it really hurt the show, I guess, which I suppose it did. If you want to see a car jump off a cliff, you want to see a car jumping off a cliff. Not so. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry about that dump. Um, is this the first viewing for any of us? No, 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 not at all. Yeah. I think I, I had a generally, um, matchbox car when i was a kid and i remember watching this show I, not as much as Susie, apparently but apparently not i do remember watching it you know pretty pretty regularly i'd say i'd say that's fair yeah it was it was a um it was just stupid fun yeah i, w- I went and definitely like when i was a kid i was into the show not as much as like the a team or even knight rider but like years later i went back and watched it I don't know, as a early teenager and uh, didn't think too much of it. So I was curious how my perception would have changed again going back to it after not having seen it in probably, I don't know, 25 years. So what'd you think? I was shocked at actually how well it held up. I mean, yeah, Roscoe P. Coltrane's laugh was annoying as shit. (laughs) But like, aside from that, like the acting was better than I expected. You're only going to pick his laugh? Like the whole character was annoying as shit. Oh, yeah, the whole character was annoying, but it's the laugh in particular. Yeah, the laugh's the worst part of an awful character. Correct. Yeah. But like the acting and the scripts were better than I thought. Uh, it wasn't quite as much Catherine Bach TNA as I expected. Like there was a lot of that, but there was just as many uh, excuses to show the Luke boy is uh, shirtless, like, shirtless or ass shots of them in jeans, which I thought was strangely progressive for the time. Well, I mean, they had to get as much as they, you know, attract as much of the audience as they could at the time. Also, <clears throat> if you watch the first five shows to the, everything else, there is a change in tone. If you if you watch the pilot episode, there is there is the one scene where they walk into the bar and I think Bo looks at Daisy and goes, if you weren't my cousin, I'd marry yep. you. And she's like, when has that stopped anybody in our family? Yeah. Um, they cut those jokes and that sort of stuff out after the fifth episode. 
Now, why? God damn it, I went down such a friggin' rabbit hole on this one. They changed the time slot. They, it, the first five episodes uh, were on at the 9 o'clock hour. After that, they moved it to 8 o'clock, which is considered the family hour. So they had to turn down all the jokes. They had to turn down uh, the yeah, the incest jokes and that sort of thing. So outside of those five, you know, the rest of them were a lot more family friendly than you'd expect from if you'd only seen hmm. the first couple ones. I yeah, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would say it it I mean it it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, but it also was definitely not high art. And I I like James Best performance as, as Roscoe. There's something likable about him, even though he's not a good guy necessarily. Um and I found Boss Hog to be a lot less appealing than he was when I was younger. Yep. I I don't know what it was, but I just I kept wanting was it, to punch him in the face. Was it him eating the raw liver in the first episode? Well, that was yeah, pretty that, bad. that was that was awful. Yeah, yeah. Him eating the lobster in one of the episodes I watched, and at least he doesn't dunk it. And they have some horrible uh, plans to bring down the Duke boys. I don't know. It, it yeah, was so very convoluted <clears throat> shit. When, when you could just straight up arrest them because they stole your car. Like you don't need a whole convoluted plot to arrest them. They just stole your car. Yeah, just arrest them for that stealing a police car. <laughs> or in some cases, it's like, we're going to arrest you for picking crab apples. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, it's all over the place on, on the, the plot lines. And but I, I really enjoyed this. I had a, I had a good time watching this show. It was fun. It was goofy. Uh, it's like Joel said, it's not high entertainment. It's not high flutin, you know, drama, but it seemed like everybody was a hundred percent in. And everybody was having a good time and playing their car characters. Chases, car chases are legitimately good for network TV. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, like, I expected this show to be super sexist. Like, I know I already mentioned the, like, equal opportunity cheesecake, but I also thought it was really cool that not only did uh, Daisy have her own super cool car, but in several of the episodes, one of the car chases, Daisy, Daisy was driving the General Lee. Yeah. She actually had two supercars. She had two cars. First couple episodes, she uh, I think the first season she had the yellow uh, Roadrunner, and then they changed her to the uh, white Jeep Eagle. That was Hank full of. Did anybody else watch that no. one? I was going to, but I didn't get to that. That was okay. I had two more episodes I wanted to watch, and that was one of them, but I didn't get to them. Okay, that one. They they blow up this truck, and they don't just like you know like a team explosion. They blow it up so bad. There's actually a group of horses off to the side on the shot that like are like, what the? And they take off. It was a big old explosion. And, you know, in that one also, they they went hang gliding for some reason or another. As you will. As you will. Yeah. In rural Georgia. Okay. There was an episode where they went. Uh, I think it was the the one that was named the best episode, the, the tree one. The, the Christmas oh, the Christmas tree trees. One. Yeah, that was a good where, one. Where they went to. Where, where, oh god, what was it? The, um, there was something. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. There was something that happened in that episode that I was like, "What?" But it just totally left my mind. So, fuck. Well, there was probably something in every episode that made all of us go, "What?" Yeah, that's and, true. And uh, Daisy drove a Jeep CJ7 named Dixie, and her first car was a '74 Plymouth Roadrunner, which was a sweet ride. Well, and there were some issues with like timelines and things like there's an episode i watched where uh, yet again some girl that used to live there came back to town from college or 
or uh, living somewhere else and was going to run for a position, you know, uh, a city position against Boss Hogg. And she arrived in town and within the course of a day, she had got her name on the ballot. They had the uh, election and then she won the election all within the course of maybe maybe 48 hours tops. You know, there's there's some issues with timelines and things, but I mean, I don't think anybody was watching it for uh, continuity. Right. Yeah. They wanted to see car chases. They wanted, you know, to laugh at the, you know, stupid stuff that Boss Hogg and, and Roscoe did. And I mean, it's entertaining. It's a, it's, a, it's a very basic, simple formula television show that, you know, that appeals to a mass audience. I mean, it's 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 exactly what it is on its surface. There's no glit. There's no glitz or glamour. It's just a, a bunch of hillbillies riding around in cars and cracking jokes. It's like Smokey and the Bandit and Robin Hood, like made a mm-hmm. baby. Or something. Yeah, yeah, and the leads are legitimately charming. Like they're not particularly like great actors, but they're they're fine for leads. Like you compare to a, like a Knight Rider, they they come off pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> don't hassle the Hoff, man. Okay, so Tom Wopat got the job. Um, he's from New York. He showed up for the auditions and showed up in cowboy boots, belt, a hat, shirt, drinking a beer, put a twang on the voice. He got the part, faking it that way. And then, as legend goes, they finished up with those, and him and John Schneider were apparently both in the bathroom together and they started just chatting because apparently John Schneider had his guitar with them. They started talking about shit and they really hit it off and kept talking to the whole day. And then both of them got picked up for the show. They were talking about their penises. They were, they're like, yes, nice guitar. Their, their anuses. They were talking about wrath of the Titans, man. If they had a wrath of the Titans movie, that would be awesome. What's hey, a wrath don't of the Titans on the wrath of the Titans. Uh, now Mike, you brought up an episode that I had totally forgotten about. And didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, but I watched a couple of short clips on YouTube. The alien one? Yeah. Oh is that where they jumped the shark? Oh, did they ever jump the shark? What was it called? That... Little Cousin? Yeah, they called him Little Cousin, and he was a little alien that got left. It was... Little alien gets left behind, and they the spaceship was shown. You Everybody saw the spaceship from the spaceship's view, so they just shone the bright light at him and blew wind and threw... Hey, Adam, that sort of thing. And uh, when they did turn around to see it, it was just like a um, a rig light being lifted into the air by the boom arm <laughs> for the for the light. They just shown it directly at the camera. Um, it it's it was a hundred percent that that is the jumping the shark moment. I think for the for the show, he because, was driving a car. Yes, he was driving a police car and crashed it after he teleported out of that, and they found him in the back and. <laughs> There was like they come over and they bring him into the house and Uncle Jesse's like, I'm Jesse. I'm Daisy. And they open up a container of cookies and they're like, here, have a cookie. And he takes the cookie and he reaches into his belt and dumps like kibble into his hand and he gives him kibble back. And it it's it's the last season you can tell why that people they were just like running out of ways to have the Duke boys getting chased through town. You know, how many times can the drug runners come through town? How many times can the moonshine run go? You know they were grasping at straws at that point. Right. At this point, they're just remaking old Flintstone scripts. Pretty much. Pretty much. That was their great kazoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, 
it just kind of made me wonder like who thought that was a good idea. But I assume like you were saying with all the merchandising, you know, what kid didn't want a general Lee or a lunchbox with their faces on it. So oh, I mean, yeah. it stands to reason with ET and all the other stuff going on that uh, they'd be like, ah, oh, you know, kids will like it. Yeah. And it, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I kept into it. I stepped into it. Like kind of like, uh, Josh's like, like your idea. It's like, I, I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it. It's like, I know this is going to be terrible, terrible acting. It's going to be awful. I'm not going to like it. They're going to have all this crap going on. Then, but I think it's everybody in it was so genuine that, I mean, the acting was terrible. I, I equated the acting with like transfer week at a college when they do the skits, you know, it was still better than a lot of stuff from the other time from like about the same time or even a little later. And I also expected, uh, like, I didn't expect it to be like blatantly racist. Like I, but I expected it to be a little bit more cringy in terms of, well, this was a different time. And I was pleasantly it, surprised that it wasn't it really, bad. yeah, it wasn't, it really wasn't. There was not, you know, there, I mean, in the first couple episodes, they've got one of their friends helping them do a uh, block on these, what were they, what were they trying to stop to come to? Oh, the, um, the one arm bandit episode where they're yeah, trying to pilot, stop. Pilot, yeah. Yeah. That was pilot. tied in with the fugitive. Yeah. Yeah. Where they, you know, they have one of their, you know, one of their bad. friends helping them block it as a black dude. And, you know, it's, it wasn't as like you expected. I expected to, Ooh, you know, I can't believe they said that, but they didn't. And it was, mm-hmm. it, it was a lot, a lot more fun and a lot more wholesome than I was expecting it, it to be. It was interesting to note that, that they had more black characters on a regular basis than, you know, your modern day sitcoms, your friends and your Frasier and all that kind of stuff. Friends. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And they had Flash the Basset Hound. So come on. I mean, I enjoyed it. I didn't like uh, totally unexpected was expecting cringe was expecting ooh that and all that. But I didn't get that. I enjoyed it. Had a good time. Um, and your John Schneider is still milking it for everything he can with that, that Christmas cars thing. It's uh, it's is he playing himself? Christmas cars for kids. No, it's, it's Christmas cars where the, the movie is where he's, he's, he's playing. I think he might be playing himself, but he has to like sign off on sign, autograph. So many of these, uh, general lee cars for for christmas to save his and then there's a little kid whose mom's is dying of cancer and she needs a new car yes and he's right in front of the line so he pays for the car yes and then they made a song about it yeah oh yeah (laughs) christmas cars and then a lot of the shows you guys watch what i mean i i really enjoyed the uh the weed one because it was ridiculous funny made me laugh out loud and even though i'm not i don't smoke when they were running around with the open packages of what was supposed to be marijuana, I'm like, that's hay. You're, you've got a bag full of hay. You're not even attempting to make it look like it's supposed to look. And I don't use it, and I know you're wrong. Was it at least green hay? It, it was dry. It was like it was like that. It literally, I'm 100% sure it was the hay that we give the guinea pig upstairs. Oh, yeah, like buckwheat hay? Kind of? Yeah, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Don't Timothy hay. That. What, oh, Timothy hay? Yeah. That's what I get. We went to college rabbit. with him, remember? <laughs> we did he was in godspell it was a real heyday oh god what what about you pat did you have did you have a show that you actually enjoyed i only watched three of them i was i wanted to get to six but uh well i just didn't because i didn't want to <laughs> um, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I, I watched the pilot. I watched the Christmas tree one, and I started watching a third one and only got like halfway through it. So I'm not even really going to count that one. Yeah, I got um, through four episodes myself. The, 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 oh no, I, I did watch three. I watched the Christmas tree, and I watched the one with uh with the, with the female driver. So I did see three. Okay. Hmm. What you get for smoking that Timothy? Hey. <laughs> But yeah, um, I just, I mean, I didn't hate it by any stretch, but you know, I used to, I remember when I was a kid, I liked this show a lot. You know, um, I wanted to watch it every Friday when it was on and my parents belonged to a bowling league. And I've talked about this before and the show started at seven and their league started at eight. So at seven thirty every Friday, I'd be halfway through the episode of Dukes of Hazard and have to leave to go to the bowling alley with my parents. So I never saw how a Dukes of Hazard episode ended. So all I ever thought was they just got into trouble. And I was like, well, next week they got out of it somehow. (laughs) (laughs) But I I remember liking this. I remember having a, you know, having a lunchbox, having the matchbox cars, you know, and I, I, I remember watching it and stuff, but like watching it this time, I wasn't really like, hoping for anything or like scared of anything or whatever, because I really don't have a a whole lot of like memories of liking or disliking it. I just remember watching it, I guess because I never got to finish one. It never really, you know, sat real hard in my head. So I watched it this time. And, you know, like you guys said, it's not there. The acting is not good. You know, the car chases as repetitive as they are. They're, they're well done. You know, the, the, the whole, the stories are very repetitive. I mean, I just, it's just a, it's just a, a, a show that I've watched before. I mean, it's really, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I don't, it's just, you know, it's, it's not good enough to like, and it's not bad enough to hate. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure for me, this was a case of my expectations were set super low. So when I saw wacky plots involving a armored car heist, where boss hogs trying to burn money and ends up with uh, a bunch of coffins, some have moonshine in them, some have money in them. Like, it's goofy, but I, my expectations were so low, I found myself grinning throughout the whole thing. And uh, this is this just kind of reminds me of like a, a lot of like little one shot RPG adventures written by somebody that's not a very good writer is what it felt like to me. Like, you know, they're like, oh, well, this week you're going to be chasing moonshiners. Oh, this week you're going to, you know, it's like, whatever. I don't know. It just seems like it seems like there was not a lot of thought put into the writing at all. No, because they spent all their time trying to find more cars to wreck. And right. there's no, and, and there's no clear evidence of that they didn't give a shit about writing by the fact that, like you said earlier, it's like when they couldn't come up with anything, like, well, let's just have a singer come in and do a concert. Like, there's there's no clear way to say we don't give a shit about the scripts. <laughs> well, they had a formula, and the goal was to achieve that formula every week to keep the viewers coming back. And, and- boy, there's there's no better way to 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 achieve great writing than to have a formula you have to stick to every week. Right. But that's what the, I mean, that's, yeah, what, that's, what, that's what that's what the show is. I get that. You yep. know, I mean, they were not trying to, you know, be Seinfeld or anything. They weren't they weren't trying to, like, break any borders or, or knock down any walls or anything. They just we we're just going to provide some entertainment for a bunch of people. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And I found myself liking it. I didn't love it. I don't know that I need to watch it again, but I found it more enjoyable than I was expecting because I was expecting to go into it and be like, man, this was we're on fire, you know? I mean, yeah. I, I will say that, that uh, Catherine Bach looked a lot better than I remember her looking. I, I knew she was sexy, but she looked really good. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so that was a fun surprise. <laughs> I was like, I obviously watched this when I was, <laughs> when I was very young. Cause I don't remember this. 
This would have stood out in my head. Exactly. <laughs> well, seventy, yeah, seventy nine. So I was seven, eight, thirty five. Yeah. <laughs> <Mike>. Shut up. <laughs> Mike and I both went to the same place. Yeah, that took me a second to hear. <laughs> well, at your age, huh? Who said that? <laughs> Get off my lawn! All right, Josh. Did you have a show that stood out for you in the ones that you watched? Oh uh, yeah, that guy. I just said it. Oh, sorry. No, that's fine. Wow. I, I don't know if uh, we've gone through everybody, but uh, yeah. I think we are. I think we can probably call this and move on to the then now. Yeah. Now then, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to talk about the movie. All right, so we will be back in a little bit. We're going to talk about the 2005 Dukes of Hazard movie. Okay, we are back, and we are going to talk about the Dukes of Hazard, the movie. This one, cousins Bo, Luke, and Daisy Duke, and their uncle Jesse, egg on the authorities of Hazard County, Boss Hog, and Sheriff Coltrane. Thank you, IMDb. This is directed by J. Chandras... God bless it, I just practiced Chandra it Shankar. J. Chan... Yes, him. The guy from Super Troopers. Yes. Uh, writing credits, you know, of course, you've got Guy Waldron from the original. This screenplay is written by John O'Brien and Jonathan Davis. Of corn? Just kidding. <laughs> um, John O'Brien is known for such movies as Dukes of Hazard, Cradle to the Grave, and Starsky and Hutch. Huh. Another remake. There you go. And Jonathan Davis, known for this and something called Ride or Die. So, there you go. Apparently he didn't get any work after 2013. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, we all got together. We'd appreciate it if he just stopped writing. (laughs) Starring a one, Johnny Knoxville has Luke Duke, Sean William Scott as Bo Duke, Michael Weston as Deputy Enos Strait, Jessica Simpson as Daisy Duke, James Rodriguez as Billy Prickett, MC Ganey, as Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane, Burt Reynolds as Boss Hogg, David Ketchner as Cooter, Willie Nelson as Uncle Jesse, uh, now put Cletus Hogg in there, Jack Pollock, that was like Cletus, uh, that was Hogg's cousin or nephew or something, Linda, Linda Carter as Pauline, Rip Taylor as Rip Taylor. Because Johnny Knoxville always has him in his films. Oh, he does? Yep. Okay. Something, that's something I knew. And this time around, Junior Brown is the balladeer. Uh, Junior Brown, uh, was also involved in the soundtrack for Me, Myself, and Irene, movie Trespass, and, uh, he's less, most recent thing he's been in, uh, stuff for Better Call Saul. Yeah, I like Junior Brown. It's so. fun. <clears throat> but yeah, so, uh, some trivia on this one. The original Dukes, Tom Pat, John Schneider, and Catherine Bach were all offered cameos in this movie. They got a copy of the screenplay and said, no thank you. That track, that yeah. definitely tracks. Oh, yeah. Um, Danny McBride expressed interest in playing the role of Roscoe P. Coltrane until he read the script. And then he said, no, thank you. Because he disapproved of the character's new portrayal. I think that's interesting. He did. Yeah. Uh, John Goodman and Danny DeVito also turned down the role of Boss Hogg. Uh, that's probably for the best. Not, not I don't know. because I of think... the movie, but that would have been weird casting. 
Really? I don't know. I think John. I think Johnny John Goodman would have been a great boss. Uh, and I, I actually would go with Devito. I know that some of that's just because he's got similar hair and a similar build to the original, but I, I think he could have done it if this movie hadn't been a flaming piece of shit. I mean, they would have had to Spoilers. change the tone of the film to make Danny DeVito boss hog because they were going for more sinister and a little smarter with those two. But yeah, he he, yeah. he would have been in a little bit more, little bit more comic foil villain like in the show, right? DeVito, yeah, yeah. I think, and and as we've seen in other movies, John Goodman can play a villain. Oh hell yeah, damn John. Well. Yeah. I don't think, in all honesty, I don't think John Goodman has ever turned in a bad performance in anything. So no. I really don't. I, I really, I, I agree with you on that. No, he's he's he was even hundred. He was even great in uh, the Flintstones movies as Fred oh, Flintstone, which is just ridiculous. Like how how can you knock that out of the park? Even like, the f- well, because they look. He looked in the mirror and he went, "Well, they're not wrong." Yeah, but the rest of the movie sucked. But obviously, I mean, John Goodman is amazing and everything. He might be one of Hollywood's best actors, in my opinion. That's the only movie like, I ever turned off and never finished. The only movie. Yep. Well, I'm going to go on out on a limb and say there was a lot more you should have stopped. <laughs> like, like that's like at the 50 percentile for you, dude. All right. Anyway, moving on. The uh, location for the drifting scene where the General Lee makes several laps around the uh, General Lee monument is actually uh, Lee Circle in New Orleans. Sean William Scott openly regretted making this film. <laughs> While most critics say it was too crude compared to the original, he actually felt that if they had given them an R rating, it would have allowed me, Johnny, and Jay to make a more enjoyable film. Huh. I'm not sure he's right. I'm about not that. sure he's right. I mean, he's right about regretting this film. Yes. Uh, so after the success of Starsky and Hutch, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson were offered to play the roles of Luke and Bo Duke. Neither accepted the offer as they did not feel it paid tribute to the original series as Starsky and Hutch did. We still haven't done the Stars. No, we didn't do Starsky and Hutch, didn't we? No. We absolutely oh. did that movie, or that show. I, we, I'm, I'm we did? 90% sure you yeah. guys... We did, we did. Yeah, because I remember watching the movie, and I thought it was for the show. Okay. I'm going to take you, I mean, three and one, man. I wait, can't, I, wait a minute, maybe we didn't. Now, that I'm, now I'm thinking about it. I'm, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't remember watching the series, but, well, I don't know. Because I don't remember watching the series. That's exactly what made me think. That's the thing. Is that a, I, don't think, I don't think we did a start, because I don't remember making... Nope. Starsky and Hutch graphics. Yeah, no Starsky and Hutch. Really? Holy yeah. shit! Huh. I was yeah. positive we'd done that. I oh, was. That... I was until I started thinking about it. Add it to the yeah. list, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So, uh, Ben Jones, Cooter from the TV series, hated this movie primarily because the series was a family show, and this movie was borderline R-rated for sexual content and language. Um, I mean, it wasn't really like. The first one was a family show. Let's not be let's not be stupid. I mean, it there was a lot of implication, but there wasn't a lot of. It's just, the implication. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of straight <laughs> up. Basically, what they did in this movie is they did what they implied in the in the show. They sh- mm-hmm. they showed you what they implied in the show. Like the the Duke brothers were not like these innocent guys that were not, like the only person in that whole show that was an innocent guy was like Uncle Jesse who was a moonshiner and then gave it up and like they talked about he lived the whole Ten Commandments and everything. Yeah, he he was a fam, you know, he was made for a family. Catherine Bach, you know, Daisy Duke and the Duke brothers. Come on. That's the, they're not like family friendly, you know. No, I mean, they're, they're not they're, angels, but they're not aggressively stupid and, and unlikable, which was my biggest problem was there was not a single likable character. And I'm not saying that Oh, uh, here we go again. <laughs> Turn it up. Bring the noise. <laughs> 
Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to. And, and I'm not going to say I didn't like anybody, but it's Willie Nelson was being himself, and he's likable, and Jessica Simpson was being hot, but she wasn't exactly playing a character, and everybody else was aggressively unpleasant and stupid. Even actors who I like in other stuff, like th- this movie was aggressively stupid. And it, I, it made me angry the entire time I was watching it. You know who I liked? The one, <laughs> the one moment where I laughed in this movie that was supposed to be a comedy. You're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. That was one of my two laughs. Yeah. I, that took me completely by surprise. Did not expect that. I laughed out loud at that one. Mother of God. The second part that really made me laugh out, out loud. And it wasn't even, it was like, a, it, I'm not saying I was like, had a, <laughs> it was like, huh. Was when they got pulled over by the campus police and their Johnny Knox was like, oh, are you guys, uh, you guys, uh, police campus police. And they just go <laughs> and drive off. Yeah. That was pretty you know, funny. That was pretty funny with our, with all of our collected experience with campus police. You know, I thought that was pretty funny, but there wasn't a lot of, I'm sorry. I'm, all I'm saying is that there was not for a comedy there. I laughed more at the original than I did at this. For sure. Yeah. The other bit that actually made me laugh out loud was when, uh, they, uh, asked, uh, you, you two, you guys are Japanese and say, Oh yeah, we converted. <laughs> that got <laughs> me. That was kind of funny. Yeah. That, that was okay. Maybe three, three, four. That, but for something that was billed as having Johnny Knoxville in it and we're having, you know, Sean Mike, Sean William Scott, who we liked. I mean, remember when we saw him in the goon? For sure. Yeah, I, I am not down on him in necessarily yeah. every one of his roles. But I will say the two biggest things that this show, this movie had going for it were the car chases and the soundtrack. But the car chases were pretty good and the music was exactly what it should be. Ram Jam. Although, you know. I, I did think that the car chases in the series were as good, if not better, than in the movie. Well, because they had a lot less safety. <laughs> that's fair okay they had less budget but they also had like you say probably no insurance and they're just like whatever the throw another stuntman in there we broke the last one yeah well then it was kind of cool at the end when they showed the outtakes and they showed the car what happens to the car in real life yeah when they when the one stunt where they jumped from the side of the bridge onto the onto the freeway and the car lost control and almost jumped into the oncoming lane yeah or yeah. where it hit and it just basically like the whole front end disintegrated more or less yeah, yeah. i mean I, yeah. oh go ahead joel sorry no i was just gonna say that was kind of neat to see that because i've never seen that before so before i launch into a particular rant i want to hear something from pat because we haven't heard a whole lot from him on this yet <clears throat> i well first off i'll just say i didn't hate this movie like you guys did i mean it it wasn't anything like amazing <laughs> but i didn't i had no vitriol towards it it was just yeah it was entertaining and it was it looked pretty and it was, you know, it was the Dukes of Hazard. I wasn't expecting a whole lot going into it, and that's pretty much what I got. I was, I, I was, I wasn't disappointed because I was not expecting anything. You know why you weren't disappointed? Why the reaction is different? Because we enjoyed the original, and you, it's a, it's a complete flip on it. Yeah, we yeah. see this as more of an, like an, almost like an affront yeah, to what the original right. was. Point of order: I watched the movie first. So did I. Yeah, what I'm saying is my expectations were low because I hadn't watched the original first, so I didn't have an I love this. My previous experience with the show before I watched this after the movie was negative for oh. the show. So, yeah, that, that this 
Yeah. And there's kind of an elephant in the room for me on this is while they uh, acknowledged the problematic uh, elements of the uh, Confederate flag, all of the sexism and racism that I didn't find in the 79 show, I found a hell of a lot of it in this movie. Like, uh, they, they go through the, okay, we're going to take this hand wave at saying that the, uh, flag is problematic and then launch into a series of anti-black stereotypes throughout the film. And even though it made me laugh, they, they go into a few Asian stereotypes. And, uh, I, I was just, I, I was disappointed because like, this was something that I expected from then, and I expected us to know better and now, and I got the opposite of what I expected. What was what was racist? I'm just curious. What did what did you find that was racist? Well, f- for one thing, they go with a blackface joke, which isn't that, so yeah. great. Yeah, that I didn't care for. But uh, every black character was pretty much a gangbanger. Uh, one of whom decided to give Boss Hog uh, advice on being a pimp. Not a great look. Well. See, I don't, I don't necessarily find that racist simply because there are people in black culture that are pimps and there are people in white culture. I mean, if you're in jail, you've obviously done something and pimping is something that you could be in jail for. Yeah, but if that's your only representation in the movie, it's not a good look. I mean, I get it. They should have had more, but I mean, they're, it's, it's not like they, you know, had, had, had them out, you know, shucking and jiving or anything. I mean, it's like there. No, it wasn't, it wasn't minstrel show racism, but it was still like, I mean, for for all we know, that guy was just, you know, doing a Jessica Simpson and not acting, just being himself. And what I, the thing is, is when you look at black characters in the original, in the show, they were just people. They were just like anybody else. And these characters made me uncomfortable. But think about it. Back in 1979, you didn't have a whole lot of people that acted like that, whereas nowadays you do. And it's more of a representation of a brighter, a wider slice of the cultural pie of America now. Unfortunately, yeah, when I'm you're not talking about a good thing. I'm just saying that. And when true. you're talking about Atlanta, which is a black city, to have the only characters that appear being criminals, no, the it's judge, not the judge a good was black. Look. The judge was black. You're, okay, you're right. I, I stand corrected. Yeah, the, there there was one positive portrayal that was, ne- and there was nothing I found uh, uncomfortable about him at all. No, yeah, but was, the like, the judge was yeah the judge was back in Hazard County though, right? I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that that you know erases any problematic whatevers, but I am going to say that I did not I did not see any of it as racist. I just saw it as these are inner city youths, two youths. Yeah, I mean, I what's a youth? I I didn't I didn't think they were going all out for some kind of like you know racist take. I just think they were just you know these are some inner city kids. Well, and there's there's a difference between, like, making something that's intentionally racist and being tone deaf. And I think this definitely falls into that second category for me. Is like, it wasn't like they were telling jokes meant to make black Americans the butt of the joke. No, you're certainly right. It wasn't overt. But I found no discomfort uh, with any of the portrayals in the original show where I was expecting to find yeah, but some. They also had very few lines in the first in the show. Sure. Although you would have, like, uh, when there were henchmen coming in from out of town or friends coming in from out of town, like, I, I think the original kind of had a hippie aesthetic going, whereas, like, the Duke boys were about fighting the system. So they did make an effort. Like, sure, they weren't main headline cast, 
but like every couple of episodes, you would see a black character who was just like they didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we mentioned that in the in the then. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I think it was mostly that I was disappointed because I expected that because it was so many decades later that we would know better and I would have less cringe. Yeah, instead I just, of the opposite. Directed by a person of color, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that doesn't necessarily say like, oh, it's impossible for them to put negative uh, or I, problematic portrayals. But yeah, I, I just found it less, way far, far less problematic than you did. That's all. I mean, there's, there's not really a right or wrong, I guess. But you know, but see, I just, it, I'm sitting where you are, Pat, as far as my thoughts on the film. And one of the things I, I, one of the parts I enjoyed was where they kind of answered some questions that I had as a, as a grown up watching it, you know, what, what would happen if the generally was not in, you know, on a bunch of country roads in the backwoods of Georgia? Well, they're in Atlanta, they're in a big city, they're stuck in traffic, you know, or the fact that they're not realizing that the flag on the top of their car now has a different connotation to it than it would have had, you know, a hundred years ago. Well, they the joke was they didn't even realize what was on the top of the car. Right. Yeah, because I think that was something that was added in the paint job by Cooter. Yeah. In this. Yeah. That 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 part I'll give it a pass. Yeah. It was just super awkward to have the blackface joke right after pointing that out. Yeah, the blackface thing was was not necessary. Especially because there's no way they wouldn't have cleaned up before they left that place. You're not gonna just you're not gonna get covered in something and then just walk out and go get in your car that you love and don't want anybody to throw up in or anything. <clears throat> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Did you watch a different version than I did? No. Remember when, when they, they when they took the core sample and they found out it was coal and it blew up and their faces were covered in coal? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they they specifically when they get pulled over by the group of uh guys on the way out of the city, uh are are called out for like are are you guys uh, in blackface right now like that that's an explicit line i don't remember that i mean i remember them yeah i mean i watched just watched this yesterday so well i'm just wondering because there was an unrated version and there was a regular version and i don't know whether that joke was in one and not the other because well did, did you see a scene where they got surrounded in their car by a bunch of black yeah. thugs and then the cops just, pulled up and they were black too it was that scene obviously i just don't remember them having the blackface now granted i was watching it while i was working so I don't always look at my phone. Sometimes I'm listening and then I'll well, look at it, 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 it wasn't like they were, you know, blackface like Al Jolson. It just, right. they, they had a smattering of coal dust over their face, basically. I'm not justifying it. I'm just telling right. Joel. Yeah. It, that's why he probably missed it because it's not like they were, yeah. you know, they didn't put shoe polish on their face. For sure. <laughs> right. For sure. It's not Soul Man. No. Let's not do that show, by the way. And, right. And, and I don't know. I just think that, uh, the two, like they tried to give the guys distinct personalities, but the personalities they assigned to them were assholes. Mm-hmm. Like they, they tell you at the beginning that these guys are so close, they're cousins that could be brothers, but instead they are just like the first thing you see is them bashing each other in the face with phone books. And I guess it's because they had Johnny Knoxville and they're like, let's do some jackass stuff. Is maybe what they were going that, for? That was that was exactly what it felt like to me, especially when he made the comment about his tooth. I'm like, I'm like well, this this is strictly for Johnny Knoxville. Is all this is put in for? And yeah, they like also... stunts with him writing the uh, writing the safe. 
Like, it felt like they decided, yeah, we've got this guy, so let's capitalize on the jackass stuff. Yeah. They, uh, Sean William Scott also said in an interview that, uh, Johnny Knoxville would play the bubblegum game with him on a daily basis. Remember that from, uh, from waiting? Yeah, you try and get the guy to look at your nuts type of thing. I guess that's why I was in the outtakes. Yeah. He made, he, where he, yeah, you heard him in the outtake. He showed me his balls. It, apparently that was like a multiple times during the day occurrence for Sean William Scott, which I was like, poor dude. <laughs> I mean, but no, I mean, it, the characters were not likable. Bo and Luke in this one were too slapsticky, too, the, the dial went from moderately clever to dumb as a brick. Uh, and they just did not have the, I got a brother. I've never once in my life said, I'm going to hit you in the, okay, the deal is I get to hit you in the face with a phone book. That's not, that's not a thing brothers do. At least I'm, I'm yeah. you're also not from Appalachia. You're also not from Appalachia. Do they even have phone books out there? <laughs> not that big. But, but no, I mean, it's, I watched this one first and I did, I hardly laughed at it. This is, and this is where I started learning about, I started learning about Suzanne's thing with the, the Duke boys, because I was, she's like, that is not how Sheriff acts. That is not, you know, she starts going on about how the, cal- how the characterization was all wrong. And that kind of took me back. <laughs> like, where is this person? What, who's it? Who let this person into my house? Um, yeah, Roscoe was weird too, because like they tried <laughs> to make him intimidating and failed. Like he was vaguely mean, but he wasn't actually scary. Mm hmm. I mean, Enos was pretty close to the original character for the most part. Uh, and Flash the Basset Hound was adorable. I was glad to see him. So, you know, it's, it's that. not the same Flash, Joel. No, no. The original Flash was much older in this <laughs> series. And this one was a much younger Basset Hound, but it was still adorable. Uh huh. <laughs> Shut up. I like all dogs. I like dogs that don't suck. Wait, what are you saying? <laughs> what? I'm just making fun of Bassett Hounds to to get him riled up. <laughs> All right. Weird hill to die on, but okay. Well, it's an easy way to get him worked up. Are you worked up, Joel? Bassett, no. Hound, Bassett Hounds are dumb. So is your face. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like dashes that, that like retained water. Oh, that's a weird flex. Uh, <laughs> still a better buddy comedy than uh, Dukes of Hazard the movie. Mm-hmm. And then they went and make Dukes at the beginning. Yeah, which, which... is weird that they would, because the movie I don't think did very well uh, in the box office. And they made it, I mean, it was, granted, it was a TV movie, but to go make a sequel to a movie that didn't do great to begin with felt a little weird, but. A little strained. A little, little strained. <clears throat> yeah. But I don't know. I I did feel like it was missing a lot of elements from the original show. Um, and I don't know who made that decision or why. And I felt it was a little weird that they had, you know, Jay directing something that he didn't have any part in writing. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like Kevin Smith and Cop Out. It's like, hey, we got this property. Here's a chance to work with these people maybe that you want to work with. But, you know, you don't have any say in it. You're just <clears throat> working somebody else's script. And it, you know, when it's not your own material, it, it doesn't work as well. I didn't hate it. I I actually was like, oh, that was all right. But I also didn't love it, you know, 
there was a lot that was missing, a lot of the charm of the original show. So I'm kind of agree with both of you guys or all three of you guys, but yeah. So, uh, you were asking Joel about what this took <clears throat> box oh, office take box on office. this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was made on a budget of 50 million and gross domestic 80. Well, that explains why they made a sequel. Because they had That's... 30, 30 million. No, saying, if you yeah. make any, any profit at all, they're willing to make a sequel because sequels always <laughs> make more money than their original. I mean, not always, but usually make more money than the original. So why wouldn't they? They're like, well, we didn't lose money on the first one. Let's try to strike gold. Well, okay. Then I... let me... Oh, good. No, I was just going to say, then they'd probably realize what they had. Like, let's just put this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask this then. Okay. So we'll, we'll take a quick poll here. Not a poll, but uh, get your guys' thoughts. So for Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think was the either critic or audience score? For the movie? Okay. Yeah, for this. Uh, you... I'm going to say the critic score was 17%. I'd say 30. Critic yeah. was 5. <laughs> Wow. And I'll say the audience went up as high as 45%. I can't see audience going past 30. I would say they're both at 30. Wow. Josh, are you looking at the site? Because uh, it was 14% for the critics and 47% for the audience. Really? Yeah. I, I guess I'm just plugged into the... Uh... No, I'm not looking at it. It's just uh, I, I happen to guess pretty close, I guess. I mean, that feels about right to me because, you know, from a critical standpoint... I can't see any reason why a critic would be like, yeah, this was great. But as an audience, I could see enough people, especially with the box office take, that would be like, yeah, it was pretty fun. You know, I, I've that Johnny Knoxville's funny, so I'll watch it. Is he, though? Not loving it. I like Johnny Knoxville. But, yeah, this uh, is like, yeah. the thing is, this is this and Men in Black are the only two things I've ever seen Johnny Knoxville in. So I'm curious about IMDb now. Since, oh, and I think he's capable of more because wasn't he in Smoking Aces? Johnny Knoxville, five point one on IMDb. I, I could have sworn he was in something else that I actually kind of liked him in. Men in Black Two. Meh. I'm looking, Josh. Actor, forty four credits. Smoking Aces was a while ago. Uh, he was in Cowdy Ugly, Big Trouble, Men in Black Two, Walking Tall, Dirty Shame, Dukes Hazard. No, I don't see him in there. Okay. The Ringer, uh, Grand Theft Parsons. I could have sworn there was something uh, I saw him in that uh, wasn't so bad. Yeah, he stand. did the he did the voice of Leonardo for TMNT. Yeah, you might be thinking of Last Stand. He was maybe kind of a sidekick in that with Arnold, who was big into guns and stuff. Had the school bus. Yeah, it was a fun movie. Yeah, it was. I like that one. But anyway, sorry, enough about the Johnny. No, Show it's fine. Movie. Yeah, I don't think I have any more specific complaints. I mean, there there was lots of uh, just, I don't know. I, I think it was the Dukes in particular that annoyed me almost more than anything else because both of their characters were super unlikable in very different ways. Does it feel like maybe that there was some tonal issues with, okay, the original show was this. And I think as I'm thinking about this and you guys are kind of dissecting it, there was some some dissension between are we going full her, her dumb comedy or are we going kind of with this kind of because boss hog and uh roscoe seemed like they were in a different movie almost like they yeah, were they, they seemed like they were in walking tall yeah they were way yeah. too dark for as kind of <clears throat> dumb physical comedy they were going for it felt like 
And Linda Carter, what the hell was she even in this movie for? Right? Because they couldn't get Catherine Bach? Because they couldn't get Dolly Parton. Yeah. Oh. No, oh, yeah, I'm, not, might, I'm not joking. Yeah. That's, I was going to say, you might be right. You might be right about that. But <laughs> I forgot about your deep dives. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know why I was on this one. No, they actually asked Dolly Parton to be in this one. And she, again, looked at the script and was like, no, thank you. Actually, she was probably what? real po- She's probably the most polite no they ever got. Right? Once again, proving that she's one of the smartest women in America. <laughs> this don't seem like something I'd like to attach my name to. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Well, bless yeah. your heart. I, I just cannot work up enough uh, energy <laughs> to love or hate either the show or the movie. It's just This was just something that I just knew I wasn't going to like love or hate going into it. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I'm never going to watch either one of these ever again. And, you know, if we're ready to start the thumbs up, thumbs down, I'll lead off. Go for okay, it. Okay, yeah, I'm ready to not I, talk about this anymore. <laughs> yes, same here. I am so over this 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 franchise. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to do an unprecedented two sideways thumbs because I just I my my one word review on all of this is just meh. I just I couldn't I can't work up enough effort or emotion or anything about any of this. It's just it was it's all there. just. Yeah, it's just there. It's just, you know, I'm like, okay. So the sure. unprecedented, unprecedented first ever two sideways thumbs. Is it? Um, I think so. I don't remember one. I, I don't remember it ever happening. Hmm. Um, well, for the show, I mean, I, I think I'll go with a thumbs up. Um, it was better than I remembered it or better than I thought I was going to be going back to something like that. <clears throat> um, and I think nostalgia played a part in that because because it was better than i thought it was going to be and the new one um i mean i think i'll still throw it a, a hesitant thumbs up just because i didn't hate it i didn't love it i don't need to see it again but uh uh you know it it was something i watched and uh i'm gonna go with a completely unsurprising uh, thumbs up for the original because like, i didn't expect i was gonna like it and uh big big thumbs down for the movie. Uh I, I also didn't think I was gonna like it, only in this case I was right. Yeah, I'm following Josh's lead on this one. I was not expecting to enjoy the original, but I did. Thumbs up on that for this for the movie. Uh no, n- not a thing. <clears throat> did not enjoy. Would not do again. Send back to the kitchen. It's no Wrath of Titans. Sounds like a different guy every time. It, it, at that time, it was. I realized after I did it, I busted into the Simpsons. He's I he's been a different. He's been a different voice every time. What are you talking about? I just Sometimes. said that. It sounds like and Punky Brewster. <sighs> yeah, that's a thing we're gonna do, isn't it? Damn right we are. Yeah, probably don't want to do that next week. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll find out Suzanne was a huge Punky Brewster fan too. Who the hell knows anymore? I don't even know who the person is I'm living with confused by so many things now hey that is something you got out of the show you know after 25 years she can still surprise you but the duke's a hazard there's a sunny side up it's not not the kind of surprise mike was looking for yeah (laughs) i'm not even sure i want surprises at this point (laughs) but anybody thank you very much for listening and uh we'll be back next week with more 40 going on 14 the second part that really made me laugh out out loud it wasn't even it was like it I'm not saying I was like, hey, <laughs> it was like, huh, was when they got pulled over by the campus police and their Johnny Knox was like, oh, are you guys, uh, you guys, uh, police? 
campus police and they just go <laughs> and drive off. Yeah, that was pretty you know, funny. That was pretty funny with our, with all of our collected experience with campus police. You know, I thought that was pretty funny, but there wasn't a lot of, I'm sorry. I'm, all I'm saying is that it was not for a comedy there. I laugh more at the original than I did at this. For sure. Yeah. The other bit that actually made me laugh out loud was when, uh, they uh, asked, uh, "You, you two, you guys are Japanese?" And they say, "Oh yeah, we converted." <laughs> that got that, me. That was kind of funny. Yeah, that that was okay. Maybe three, three, four. That, but for something that was billed as having Johnny Knoxville in it, and for having you know Sean Mike, Sean William Scott, who we liked. I mean, remember when we saw him in The Goon? For sure. Yeah, I, I am not down on him in necessarily no. every one of his roles. But I will say the two biggest things that this show, this movie had going for it were the car chases and the soundtrack. thought the car chases were pretty good and the music was exactly what it should be. Ram Although, Jam. You know. I, I did think that the car chases in the series were as good, if not better, than in the movie. Well, because they had a lot less safety. That's fair. Okay, they had less budget, but they also had, like you say, probably no insurance, and they're just like, whatever, throw another stuntman in there. We broke the last one. Yeah. Well, then it was kind of cool at the end when they showed the outtakes and they showed the car, what happens to the car in real life. Yeah, when they when the one stunt where they jumped from the side of the bridge onto the onto the freeway and the car lost control and almost jumped into the oncoming lane. Yeah, or yeah. where it hit and it just basically, like, the whole front end disintegrated more or less yeah, yeah. i mean I, yeah. oh go ahead joel sorry no i was just gonna say that was kind of neat to see that because i've never seen that before so before i launch into a particular rant i want to hear something from pat because we haven't heard a whole lot from him on this yet <clears throat> i well first off i'll just say i didn't hate this movie like you guys did i mean it it wasn't anything like amazing <laughs> but i didn't i had no vitriol towards it it was just yeah it was entertaining and it was it looked pretty and it was, you know, it was the Dukes of Hazard. I wasn't expecting a whole lot going into it, and that's pretty much what I got. I was, I, I was, I wasn't disappointed because I was not expecting anything. You know why you weren't disappointed? Why the reaction is different? Because we enjoyed the original, and you, it's a, it's a complete flip on it. Cause yeah, we yeah. see this as more of an, like an, almost like an affront yeah, to what the original right. was. Point of order: I watched the movie first. So did I. Yeah, what I'm saying is my expectations were low because I hadn't watched the original first, so I didn't have an I love this. My previous experience with the show before I watched this after the movie was negative for oh. the show. So, yeah, that, that this yeah, – and there's kind of an elephant in the room for me on this, is while they uh, acknowledged the problematic uh, elements of the uh, Confederate flag – all of the sexism and racism that I didn't find in the 79 show, I found a hell of a lot of it in this movie. Like, uh, they, they go through the, okay, we're going to take this hand wave at saying that the uh, flag is problematic and then launch into a series of anti-black stereotypes throughout the film. And even though it made me laugh, they, they go into a few Asian stereotypes. And uh, I, I was just... I was disappointed because like this was something that I expected from then. And I expected us to know better. And now, and I got the opposite of what I expected. What was, what was racist? I'm just curious. 
What did you, what did you find that was racist? Well, for one thing, they go with a blackface joke, which isn't that, so yeah. great. Yeah, that I didn't care for. But uh, every black character was pretty much a gangbanger. Uh, one of whom decided to give Boss Hog uh, advice on being a pimp. Not a great look. Well, see, I don't, I don't necessarily find that racist simply because there are people in black culture that are pimps and there are people in white culture. I mean, if you're in jail, you've obviously done something and pimping is something that you could be in jail for. Yeah, but if that's your only representation in the movie, it's not a good look. I mean, I get it. They should have had more, but I mean, they're, it's, it's not like they, you know, had 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 him out, you know, shucking and jiving or anything. I mean, it's like there. Sure, no, it wasn't. It wasn't minstrel show racism, but it was still like. I mean, for for all we know, that guy was just, you know, doing a Jessica Simpson and not acting, just being himself. And what I, the thing is, is when you look at black characters in the original in the show, they were just people. <laughs> they were just like anybody else. And th- these characters made me uncomfortable. But think about it. Back in 1979, you didn't have a whole lot of people that acted like that, whereas nowadays you do, and it's more of a representation of a brighter, a wider slice of the cultural pie of America now. Unfortunately, yeah, when I'm you're not talking about a good thing. I'm just saying that. And when you're true. talking about Atlanta, which is a black city, to have the only characters that appear being criminals, no, the it's judge, not the judge a good was black. The judge was black. You're, okay, you're right. I stand corrected. <laughs> Yeah, the, there there was one positive portrayal that was, ne- and there was nothing I found uh, uncomfortable about him at all. No, yeah, he but was, the the like, judge was, dude. yeah, the judge was back in Hazard County though. Right. I mean, I'm I'm not going to say that that you know erases any problematic whatevers, but I am going to say that I did not I did not see any of it as racist. I just saw it as these are inner city youths. Two youths. Yeah, I mean, I what's a youth? I I didn't I didn't think they were going all out for some kind of like you know racist take. I just think they were just you know these are some inner city kids. Well, and there's there's a difference between like making something that's intentionally racist and being tone deaf. And I think this definitely falls into that second category for me. Is like it wasn't like they were telling jokes meant to make Black Americans the butt of the joke. No, you're certainly right. It wasn't <laughs> overt. But I found no discomfort uh, with any of the portrayals in the original show where I was expecting to find yeah, some. They also had very few lines in the first in the show. Sure. Although you would have like uh, when there were henchmen coming in from out of town or friends coming in from out of town. Like, I, I think the original kind of had a hippie aesthetic going, whereas like the Duke boys were about fighting the system. So they did make an effort. Like, sure, they weren't main headline cast. But like every couple of episodes, you would see a black character who was just like they didn't make a big deal out of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and we mentioned that in the in the then. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I think it was mostly that I was disappointed because I expected that because it was so many decades later that we would know better and I would have less cringe. Yeah, instead I just, of the opposite. Directed by a person of color, you know. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that doesn't necessarily say like, oh, it's impossible for them to put negative uh, or I, problematic portrayals. But yeah, I, I just found it less, way far, far less problematic than you did. That's all. I mean, there's there's not really a right or wrong, I guess. But, you know, but see, I just, it, it, I'm sitting where you are, Pat, as far as my thoughts on the film. And one of the things I've I one of the parts I enjoyed was where they kind of answered some questions that 
I had as a as a grown up watching it. You know what what would happen if the General Lee was not in you know on a bunch of country roads in the backwoods of Georgia? Well, they're in Atlanta. They're in a big city. They're stuck in traffic. You know, or the fact that they're not realizing that the flag on the top of their car now has a different connotation to it than it would have had, you know, a hundred years ago. Well, they, the joke was they didn't even realize what was on the top of their car. Right. Yeah. Cause I think that was something that was added in the paint job by Cooter. Yeah. In this. Yeah. That, that, <clears throat> that part, I'll give it a pass. Yeah. It was just super awkward to have the blackface joke right after pointing that out. Yeah. The blackface thing was, was not necessary. Especially because there's no way they wouldn't have cleaned up before they left that place. You're not gonna just you're not gonna get covered in something and then just walk out and go get in your car that you love and don't want anybody to throw up in or anything. <clears throat> I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Did you watch a different version than I did? No, Remember when, when they, they when they took the core sample <laughs> and they found out it was coal and it blew up and their faces were covered in coal? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, they they specifically when they get pulled over by the group of uh guys on the way out of the city, uh are are called out for like are are you guys uh, in blackface right now. Like that that's an explicit line. I don't remember that. I mean, I remember them yeah. With, I mean, I watched just watched this yesterday, so. Well, I'm just wondering cuz there was an unrated version and there was a regular version and I don't know whether that joke was in one and not the other cuz Well, did, did you see a scene where they got surrounded in their car by a bunch of black yeah. thugs and then the cops just, pulled up and they were black too? It was that scene, obviously. I just don't remember them having the blackface. Now, granted I was watching it while I was working, so I don't always look at my phone. Sometimes I'm listening and then I'll well, look at right it, it, it wasn't like they were, you know, blackface like Al Jolson. It just right. they, they had a smattering of coal dust over their face, basically. I'm not justifying it. I'm just telling right. Joel. Yeah. That, that's why he probably missed it, because it's not like they were, yeah. you know, they didn't put shoe polish on their face. For sure. <laughs> right. For sure. It's not Soul Man. No. Let's not do that show, by the way. And, right. And, and I don't know. I just think that, uh, the two, like they tried to give the guys distinct personalities, but the personalities they assigned to them were assholes. Mm-hmm. Like they, they tell you at the beginning that these guys are so close. They're cousins that could be brothers, but instead they are just like the first thing you see is them bashing each other in the face with phone books. And I guess it's because they had Johnny Knoxville and they're like, let's do some jackass stuff. Is hundred percent what they were going that, for? That was that was exactly what it felt like to me, especially when he made the comment about his tooth. I'm like, I'm like, well, this this is strictly for Johnny Knoxville, is all this is put in for. And yeah, they like also... stunts with him writing the uh writing the safe. Like it felt like they decided, yeah, we've got this guy, so let's capitalize on the jackass stuff. Yeah. They uh Sean William Scott also said in an interview that uh Johnny Knoxville would play the bubblegum game with him on a daily basis. Remember that from, uh, from waiting. Yeah. You try and yeah. get the guy to look at your nuts type of thing. I guess that's why I was in the outtakes. Yeah. He made, he, where he, yeah, you heard him in the outtakes. He showed me his balls. It, apparently that was like a multiple <clears throat> times during the day occurrence for Sean William Scott, which I was like, poor dude. <laughs> I mean, but no, I mean, it, the characters were not likable. Bo and Luke in this one were too slapsticky, too, the, the dial went from moderately clever to dumb as a brick. Uh, and they just did not have the, I got a brother. 
I've never mm-hmm. once in my life said I'm going to hit you in the face. Okay, the deal is I get to hit you in the face with a phone book. That's not that's not a thing brothers do. At least I'm. Per, I'm yeah. You're also not from Appalachia. You're also not from Appalachia. Do they even have phone books out there? <laughs> not that big. But but no, I mean it's. I watched this one first, and I did. I hardly laughed at it. This is and this is where I started learning about. I started learning about Suzanne's thing with the the Duke boys because I was. She's like. That is not how Sheriff acts. That is not, you know, she starts going on about how the, cal- how the characterization was all wrong. And that kind of took me back. <laughs> like, where is this person? What, who's hit? Who let this person into my house? Um, yeah, Roscoe was weird too, because like they he tried <clears throat> to make him intimidating and failed. Like he was vaguely mean, but he wasn't actually scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, Enos was pretty close to the original character for the most part. Uh, and Flash the Basset Hound was adorable. I was glad to see him. So, you know, it's, there's it's that. It's not the same Flash, Joel. No, no. The original Flash was much older in this series, and this one was a much younger Basset Hound, but it was still adorable. Uh-huh. <laughs> Shut up. I like all dogs. I like dogs that don't suck. Wait, what are you saying? <laughs> what? I'm just making fun of Basset Hounds to, to get him riled up. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, weird hill to die on, but okay. Well, it's an easy way to get him worked up. Are you worked up, Joel? No. Best hounds are dumb. So's your face. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like dolphins <clears throat> that that like retained water. Oh, that's a weird flex. Ah, oh. <laughs> still a better buddy comedy than uh, Dukes of Hazard the movie. Mm-hmm. And then they went and make Dukes. The beginning. Yeah, which, which is weird that they would, cause the movie I don't think did very well, uh, in the box office. And they made it, I mean, it was, granted it was a TV movie, but to go make a sequel to a movie that didn't do great to begin with felt a little weird, but. A little strained. Well, a little strained. <clears throat> yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I did feel like it was missing a lot of elements from the original show. Um, and I don't know who made that decision or why. And I felt it was a little weird that they had, you know, Jay directing something that he didn't have any part in writing. <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like Kevin Smith and Cop Out. It's like, hey, we got this property. Here's a chance to work with these people maybe that you want to work with. But, you know, you don't have any say in it. You're just <clears throat> working somebody else's script. And, it, you know, when it's not your own material, it, it doesn't work as well. I didn't hate it. I, I actually was like, oh, that was all right. But I also didn't love it. You know, there was a lot that was missing, a lot of the charm of the original show. So I'm kind of agree with both you guys or all three of you guys. But yeah. So uh, you were asking Joel about what this took. <clears throat> box oh, office take box on office? this one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was made on a budget of 50 million and gross domestic 80. Well, that explains why they made a sequel. Because they had That's... 30 million? No, if you yeah. make any any profit at all, they're willing to make a sequel because sequels always <laughs> make more money than the original. I mean, not always, but usually make more money than the original. So why wouldn't it? They're like, well, we didn't lose money on the first one. Let's try to strike gold. Well, okay. Then then I, here, let me... Oh, good. No, I was just going to say, then they'd probably realize what they had. Like, let's just put this on TV. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask this then. Okay, so we'll, we'll take a quick poll here. Not a poll, but uh, get your guys' thoughts. So for Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think was the 
either critic or audience score for the movie. Yeah. For this. Uh, I'm going to say the critic score was 17%. I'd say 30 critic with five. (laughs) And I'll I'll say the audience went up as high as 45%. I can't see audience going past 30. I would say they're both at 30. Wow. Josh, are you looking at the site? Because uh, it was 14% for the critics and 47% for the audience. Really? Yeah. I, I guess I'm just plugged into the... Uh... No, I'm not looking at it. It's just uh, I, I happen to guess pretty close, I guess. I mean, that feels about right to me because, you know, from a critical standpoint, I can't see any reason why a critic would be like, yeah, this was great. But as an audience... I could see enough people, especially with the box office take, that would be like, yeah, it was pretty fun. You know, I, I've that Johnny Knoxville is funny, so I'll watch it. Is he, though? Not loving it. I like Don Johnny Knoxville. But yeah, this uh, is like yeah. the thing is, this is this and Men in Black are the only two things I've ever seen Johnny Knoxville in. So I'm curious about IMDb now since. Oh. And I think he's capable of more because wasn't he in Smoke and Aces? Johnny Knoxville? 5.1 on IMDb. I, I could have sworn he was in something else that I actually kind of liked him in. Men in Black 2? Meh. I'm looking, Josh. Actor. 44 credits. Smoke and Aces was a while ago. Uh, He was in Coyote Ugly, Big Trouble, Men in Black 2, Walking Tall, Dirty Shame, Duke's Hazard. No, I don't see him in there. Okay. The Ringer. Uh, Grand Theft Parsons. I could have sworn there was something uh, I saw him in that uh, wasn't so bad. Last yeah, he, did the, he did the voice of Leonardo for TMNT. Yeah, you might be thinking of Last Stand. He was Maybe. funny. Kind of a sidekick in that with Arnold. Who was big into guns and stuff. Had the school bus. Yeah. It was a fun movie. Yeah, it was. I like that one. But anyway, sorry. Enough about the Johnny. No, it's fine. Yeah, I don't think I have any more specific complaints. I mean, there there was lots of uh, just, I don't know, I, I think it was the Dukes in particular that annoyed me almost more than anything else because both of their characters were super unlikable in very different ways. Does it feel like maybe that there was some tonal issues with, okay, the original show was this, and I think as I'm thinking about this and you guys are kind of dissecting it, there was some some dissension between are we going full her, her dumb comedy or are we going kind of with this kind of cause boss hog and, uh, Roscoe seemed like they were in a different movie almost like they yeah, were, they, they seemed like they were in walking tall. Yeah. They were way yeah. too dark for as kind of <laughs> dumb physical comedy they were going for. It felt like. And Linda Carter, what the hell was she even in this movie for? Right? Because they couldn't get Catherine Bach? Because they couldn't get Dolly Parton. I'm not joking. Yeah, you might be right about that. But <laughs> I forgot about your deep dives. <laughs> no, no, I, you know, it's, I, I don't know why I was on this one. No, they actually asked Dolly Parton to be in this one. And she, again, looked at the script and was like, no, thank you. Actually, she was probably what? real po- She's probably the most polite no they ever got. Right? Once again, proving that she's one of the smartest women in America. <laughs> This don't seem like something I'd like to attach my name to. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Well, bless yeah. your heart. I, I just cannot work up enough uh, energy <laughs> to love or hate either the show or the movie. It's just this was just something that I just knew I wasn't gonna like love or hate going into it. It was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. 
I'm never going to watch either one of these ever again. And, you know, if we're ready to start the thumbs up, thumbs down, I'll lead off. Go for okay, it. Okay, yeah, I'm ready to not I, talk about this anymore. <laughs> yes, same here. I'm so over this 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 franchise. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to do an unprecedented two sideways thumbs because I just I my my one word review on all of this is just meh. I just I couldn't I can't work up enough effort or emotion or anything about any of this. It's just it was it's all there. just yeah, it's just there. It's just you know I'm like okay. So the sure. unprecedented, unprecedented first ever two sideways thumbs. Is it? Um, I think so. I don't remember one. I, yeah, I don't remember it ever happening. Hmm. Um, well, for the show, I mean, I, I think I'll go with a thumbs up. Um, it was better than I remembered it or better than I thought I was going to be going back to something like that. <clears throat> um, and I think nostalgia played a part in that because because it was better than I thought it was going to be. And the new one, um, I mean, I think I'll still throw it a, a hesitant thumbs up just because I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I don't need to see it again. But, uh, uh, you know, it it was something I watched. And uh, I'm going to go with a completely unsurprising <clears throat> uh, thumbs up for the original because I didn't expect I was going to like it. And uh big, big thumbs down for the movie. Uh I, I also didn't think I was going to like it, only in this case I was right. Yeah, I'm following Josh's lead on this one. I was not expecting to enjoy the original, but I did. Thumbs up on that for this, for the movie. Uh No, n- not a thing. <clears throat> did not enjoy. Would not do again. Send back to the kitchen. It's no Wrath of Titans. Sounds like a different guy every time. At it, 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 that time, it was. I realized after I did it, I busted into the Simpsons. He's, he's been a different. He's been a different voice every time. What are you talking about? I just Sometimes. said that. It sounds like and Punky Brewster. <sighs> yeah, that's a thing we're gonna do, isn't it? Damn right we are. Yeah, probably don't want to do that next week. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll find out Suzanne was a huge Punky Brewster fan too. Who the hell knows anymore? I don't even know who the person is I'm living with. Confused by so many things now. Hey, that is something you got out of the show. You know, after 25 years, she can still surprise you. Or the Duke's a hazard. There's a sunny side up. It's not not the kind of surprise Mike was looking for. Yeah. I'm not even sure I want surprises at this point. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we will be back next week with more 41 on 14. That's one thing that I'm looking forward to going down there is the the seafood man. Seafood man? Seafood man. <laughs> seafood man. <laughs> He's got the pictures of a lobster, the head of a shrimp. And the stamina of a salmon. The full, is it it's like a, it's like a giant shrimp? No, he's got a he's got lobster pinchers and a little shrimp head. He's a fish atar. <laughs> Oh, come on, guys. Let's go. <laughs> uh, half, half fish, half guitar. <laughs> that sounds terrible. I'll have two. <laughs> it comes in a light butter glaze. And dirty rice. <laughs> Ew.
<laughs> is it dirty before or after he's on it? <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't like the direction any of this is going. You, you came up with seafood man. I said I can't. Seafood man. Here I, here I come, guys. <laughs> is he behind me? I can't turn my head on the shrimp. <laughs> He he sounds like another foe of warm squirt. God damn it. (laughs) I was hoping this particular superhero joke was going to replace warm squirt. God damn it. Warm squirt's here. It just builds on the universe. Have no fear. Warm squirt is here. And all 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 the regular humans like, why are all the superheroes have like language problems? They can't. (laughs) Warm squirt is apparently played by Eddie Murphy. I've heard that voice before. 